You're watching the Justin Henry Show on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Make sure you follow on all social media platforms. What is up? What's going on, everybody? You are tuned into the Justin Henry Show, special late night edition. And I'm joined by two special guests, all otherwise known as Losing Sucks, the podcast with Travis Masterson and Dustin Blanton, who I had the opportunity of meeting in Canton, Ohio. Travis and Dustin, how's it going, guys? Going well, man. Yeah, man. Tuesday night's work night around around our industry. That's right. That's right. We're doing well, man. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Glad you guys could come on. And yeah, we're going to talk some... Uh, I know we talked a little bit at the Expo. We're going to dive in a little bit deeper, man. Obviously, talking about some breaking news. Preseason just happened. So I want to talk about some of the standouts there. Um, and then obviously, you know, fantasy is right around the corner too. So I want to talk, dive a little bit into some of these players, some takeaways that you have from offseason training camp. And then we'll get into some questions. Just kind of chat it up. Talk a little bit about the Expo too, because that was fun. Let's actually start there. Start with the Expo, man. And that was my first time. Have you guys been to the expo before? Or was this your first time? Travis? Uh, no, it was our first time, too. Uh, we were close to going last year. I think we had been around for a month or two. And by the time we realized what it was, it was a little bit too late. For sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah definitely first time. First time. And uh, so we so we started our brand Fantasy Gods last year, like around the summertime, too. And somebody, I think it was uh, this guy named Travis, he invited us. He invited us out and was like, oh, you got to make it. And I'm like, that's a short turnaround. I'm on the West Coast. That's a short turnaround. But, dude, it was crazy. Dustin, did you know how many people were going to be there? Like, I thought I thought it would be kind of smaller. There was a ton of people there and a lot of heavy hitters in the industry. Yeah. Yeah, everyone was telling me that it was going to be, like, double the size of last year. I don't know how many people showed up last year, but, God, there had to be – what, what do you think? Uh, you know, a couple thousand people there. It had to be. Uh, yeah, I heard yeah. something about when I was down on the football field for the the flag football game that you guys played in. I heard somewhere between seven fifty and twelve fifty was was oh, shit. who ended up wow. showing up. I think they sold more tickets, but people have to bail at the last minute. Sure. So I think that's how yeah. many they actually got in the building, which that's a huge number. That's a huge number. Or maybe they just came on Sunday too. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So it's. It was crazy because, you know, obviously there's a couple people who are like super big time while they're out there. You know, they, they got to flex their followers and their blue check. But for the right. most part, bro, there was a lot of good energy there, man. People were just willing to connect. And I really that was kind of my biggest takeaway was just the networking opportunities, getting a chance to meet you guys like in person and just kind of connect with some of the other people I talked to digitally, but not like in person about football, about life, man, about just everything in general, man. That was my biggest takeaway. What was did you guys have anything that you took away specifically from the weekend before we get into like obviously the the football stuff? But was there anything right. expo wise that you guys took out of this industry for the for Man. the event? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, just how approachable everybody was. Like they, it, it kind of you know it throws you off because you see all these big names all over you know the internet, Twitter, wherever you consume your content. It's you know it's it it's kind of like meeting TV stars. You know, back in the day, you know I'm 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 you know, shooting, uh, shooting the breeze with, with you. And, you know, I, yeah. I had never seen you in person. You just come up to me, you know, uh, at the, at the Friday night party. I'm like, Oh yeah, we're, we're going to be talking. We're going to be, we're going to be this guy's you know, on, on this show. <laughs> you know, this is, this is awesome. And then you also don't mention the fact that you're a giant. So, uh, that, that was, that was a little bit surprising. And yeah, that's, that's kind of what I took away from it. People look different than they do on the internet and people act yes. differently than they do on the internet in, in a positive way. Yes. Yeah. Big body up to seam in, the, in those, uh, <laughs> in the flag football. I'm like, who is that? Oh, that's Justin. Yeah. I'm like, glad I didn't <laughs> have Jelani Woods you. up the middle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, hey, that, was, that was super fun out there playing too, man. But like you said, it kind of brings like that human aspect to the bot. You know, we're all bots at the end of the day, avatars yeah, with right. something right. crazy to say to try to get views and to try to get people's attention. Um, but I think at the heart of it all is like, man, we all just, we all enjoy fantasy football, man. And I guess that's what brought us here on this podcast together, right? It is. One of my favorite things that I experienced this weekend was getting to watch the biggest names in the industry, Andy Barron's, Patrick Doherty, those type of guys, um, Bob Harris, the auction draft that they did live, the ability to go stand right behind them and watch the process, hear them laugh and talk, you know, talk shit to each other back and forth was yeah. really cool. I could have sat there for six hours. I think we stood there for maybe an hour and a half, two hours. And I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to <laughs> soak this in. It was really cool. Cause you know, we look up to those guys for 
five, 10 years. And then you're in the room with them watching how they get, you know, how they get to be so big. And it's, it's admirable. They, they know what they're doing, man. Yeah. Well, I don't know about, I saw one part and it was, uh, the only part I saw was Mark Andrews went for $20 in there in the draft. And then the very next pick was Jerry Judy and he went for 21. I was ready to start talking shit. Cause that's just how I am. <laughs> yeah, I was like, something ain't adding to. up to this, man. I started doing <laughs> auction mock drafts on the plane on the way home. I'm like, I got to figure this out because <laughs> they're, something, they're, something's not adding up. It's Dude. absurd. Josh uh, Allen goes for $25. Russell Wilson goes for six. Make it make sense. Oh my God. It doesn't auction drafts never make sense. And that's the crazy part about uh, crazy part about auction drafts is they're all different it all has to do with like the available money or who's in there right. how many hoarders do you have and how many aggressive people do you have in there because that changes the whole side of your draft like i've been in two different auctions in the same week and the values are just like insanely different yeah right it's crazy how the auctions are man yeah we get like, like personal battles start to happen across the way and it's like <laughs> neither of them really want that player but they're just driving each other up until somebody gets stuck with that guy facts facts yeah. i'm i was in an auction league with a whole bunch of guys that obviously knew me they know the players i like and it's like they sit there and hone in on me because they know i'm a pretty good i'm like a yeah. pretty good player you know yeah so they hone in on like no we're not giving justin his guys it's, it's hella funny man <laughs> speaking of that obviously we got to talk football, man. And you guys come in, um, you know, there's some breaking news that's happened this week since we were at the, the expo. A lot of things have happened. So I call this segment uh, This Just In. So This Just In is breaking news. I don't want to cover up your face, Dustin, so I'm not going <laughs> to leave it there too long. We're going to see your face. But This Appreciate Just In breaking news segment, one of the first things I want to talk about is obviously – Alvin Kamara, it looks like he's going to avoid suspension this year. Now, we're not sure 100%. Obviously, a lot of things can play out differently. Legal, The legal process can play out. There could be new evidence that comes out, video evidence. There's a lot of things that can change that. But for now, Adam Schefter says, very unlikely that he gets suspended. How does this impact your rankings, guys? Because this is pretty big news. Alvin Kamara had been going in like the third, fourth rounds just because a lot of people were assuming either four or six-game suspension. Dustin, does this change your ranking at all for him a lot? I mean, for sure, for sure. I was I was trying to hedge my bets with him um, pre um, pre this disposition. You know, when you know we knew he's not going to well, most likely he's not going to be suspended. I had him all the way down at sixteen because you know you're you're at any point you're losing you know a third of your season. So yeah, um, and almost half of the fantasy season. So. Um, with that being said, yeah, he jumps all the way up to my running back 10 and he, you know, I feel comfortable taking him at that, that, you know, one, two turn in a 12 team league, you know, and especially in PPR formats. Yeah. He's, he's, I mean, as safe as they get workload, um, skill wise. Yeah. I, I, I feel great with where Alvin Kamara is, uh, given this news. Yeah. And Travis, you know, like obviously Dustin mentioned that he was, is kind of in that range that Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb. Who are some of the guys you're like, you know what, is Javante Williams better than Kamara? Am I taking him over Derrick Henry? Like, what range are you at when it comes to Kamara and the, the players that you're willing to take him over? I think I'll still take the Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Najee tier right above him. But for me, from what we've seen from Kamara um, in his career, I think I have to move him over probably – Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, maybe Mixon, especially in PPR formats. Kamara is just, he's one of those guys. He's a Christian McCaffrey type player that he can win you weeks because of how often he's catching the ball and how effective he is when he does get it. So if I'm staring at Nick Chubb or Aaron Jones or Alvin Kamara, right now I'm taking Alvin Kamara. Given, given the fresh news that the suspension should be put off until 23, I have yeah. no problem taking Kamara there and then, you, I mean, you could, if you're taking him at the end of the first, you could get Kamara first just to secure that type of dual threat running back and then go Nick Chubb or Mixon to start the second if you want to go running back, running back. he He's somebody that, that I would slot in over those mid-second round guys. A lot. He went kind of unnoticed, but he was the running back five until Jameis Winston went down last year. So to me, it's tough because a lot of those other guys, we talked about the Aaron Jones, the Saquon Barkleys, even the Nick Chubbs. It's like those guys have top five potential. Like any one of those guys, and even in PPR leagues with Nick Chubb, it's like those guys, if they hit the right season, they could take off. But we know what Kamara is. Yeah. And it's just funny how his value fell so far down over the offseason because of the, uh, you know, the potential legal stuff that was going on. Um, speaking of pass catching running backs, James White retired. And I know it's not huge yeah. fantasy news, 
But did either of you roster James White? I was always a big James White guy, and and obviously uh, there's some implications from that. But did you guys, you know, Travis, was that somebody that you ever had on your team, or was he somebody you faded? I think I might have or have had one share of him in Dynasty just because I think New England backfield in general, everybody knows, is is tough in its own, um, even when you're not retired. So as soon as he hits – as soon as he's competing with Damian Harris and Stevenson and they draft J.J. Taylor – it's that path to retiring or being phased out is was approaching pretty quick. So I didn't have a lot of shares, but just from a football perspective, it's tough to see another great one go. James White was yeah. very consistent and very fun to roster for a lot of years. Yeah. I remember those games, those padbacks, man. Dustin, those padbacks oh. were tough, bro. They were tough because we one week would be Shane Vereen or James White. Mm-hmm. Like you just never knew who was going to take off with the padbacks, man. Yeah, James White was always just the reminder that it's like the hope that I shouldn't follow, you know, because like, I like awesome. James White has a great week and then you want to pick him up. But the problem is, and that's the reason, like I say pick up, not trade for, because yep. most of the time, if people were smart, you're not drafting or, or steadily rostering a, a New England pa- Patriots back, you know, but James White, you know, uh, especially when he got it going playoff time. That was he's as clutch as they come. You know that Super Bowl winning uh, run at the end uh, of I, th- I think it was against what, Atlanta. Yeah, um, it was. You know that's that, that's clutch. You know I'll always remember him for that. Fun stat about him, man: eight year career, zero fumbles. Whoa, he's a legend. Ninety nine yeah. and carry in Madden, right? For sure, <laughs> yeah. has to be. Has to be. <laughs> well, I mean, most of his stuff was was pass catching anyway, so I guess you can't. You know, he wasn't toting the rock a whole lot out the backfield. But right. you know what? You know what's crazy about James White is he finishes an RB one like multiple years, even though he was kind of inconsistent as a pads back. And you never had to draft him like that. Like you could always get yeah. him. Him and yeah. Danny Woodhead was the other one like that. You get him as like yeah. RB fours or fives, but they always were like top 12, 15 running backs. It's crazy. Yep, he's the uh, the Brandon man. Cooks of running backs. Ooh, <laughs> that's, that's a good Cooks. one. That's good. The Cooks of running backs. I like that. Well, hey. Hell of a career, and, and we know now Ramondre Stevenson's coming into the fold. You guys, you buying this news, this uh, Damian Harris stuff, like he might get traded. Ramondre Stevenson is going to step into this, to the James White role, or potentially even more. Travis, you buying this? Or is this Pat's uh, code? Because you know how Belichick is. <laughs> I don't know. I know that they like, everybody knows they like to have multiple really good running backs. So for them to move on or trade, Damian Harris and leave it to Stevenson and Taylor, I don't think is the move that we see from them. Um, does Stevenson maybe earn a 55 or a 60, 40? Maybe if, if he's very effective, but we've seen Damian Harris be really effective. So I have no reason to believe yet that Damian Harris won't be there. I think first as is right now, I think first series week one, Damian Harris trots out with the offense. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, he scored, what, 15 touchdowns last year. You can't just give that up very easily, right? He's good, man. He's really good. They're both yeah. great. They're they're in a good spot as a team. But, yeah, fantasy-wise, yeah. it's kind of frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. No. And then last uh, last kind of breaking news of the day before we kind of get into some of this week one stuff, this will segue us into week one, is Drake London. Um, a little soft tissue damage. Looks like he's going to be out for a few games here in the preseason. You don't typically like to see that with rookies coming in. Is this concerning to you guys at all? Or are you like, nah, this is just a preseason injury? Dustin, what do you think? I mean, I think because it's week one preseason and we only have three preseason games, I, I'm not that worried about it. Um, if, if it was like the last preseason game and then you're also now you're talking week one questionability, then sure. But soft tissue, um, no, give it a couple of weeks. They're probably going to take it light on him in practice, give him some treatment. Um but no, I, I'm not worried about it. Honestly, I mean, if you can get a discount on on Drake London, if you're drafting here in the next week or so, you know, drafting early and you you get a discount on him, sure. Um, but rookie rookie wide receivers in and of itself take take some time to acclimate to the NFL. So it's not like I was really having to press to to get him. Right. Uh, good call. And, you know, for me, I'm not I wasn't really targeting like kind of like you said, I wasn't really targeting Drake London. It's just interesting to see that. And hopefully it's not a long term thing from him. But he avoided serious injury, kind of like uh, I guess we'll get into Zach Wilson talking about week one. Man, let's get into this week one stuff, man, because this is an interesting preseason week one. Um, and to me, 
Zach Wilson going down, it, a lot of Jets fans were concerned. It would have spelled a lot of doom for that team because I know Joe Flacco's a starter too, according to Robert Saylor, but right. I don't necessarily see it that way. This team needs him. Obviously, he might be out for a month. Is there anything that you guys are looking at fantasy-wise? Is, does this uh, change anything as we head into that segment called the Zero RB where we talk nothing but fantasy football? Uh, does this change anything for you guys as far as Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore? Are you guys not really panicking on them? Travis, what you think, man? I don't think it changes too much for them because now that we know it should be – even week one is still in question that we saw today. So, yeah. if anything, it's one or two weeks into the season, I think. Um, funny story, though, at the Expo, when we got the news that Zach Wilson was hurt, after a few drinks – I made some waiver wire bids on Joe Flacco Uh-oh. Um, thinking Uh-oh. because all we knew at that time was potentially season ending or half the season. It could be a huge chunk for Zach Wilson. And there's some, some 14, 16 team leagues that we're in where a starting quarterback is worth a lot. I could immediately flip a guy like Joe Flacco for an Alan Lazard type player. Believe it or not, it's that shallow at quarterback. So, uh-oh. Uh yeah, we, how we much you spend? How much? We were at breakfast Thursday morning, and out of a hundred bucks, <laughs> it was like you won the bid of Joe Flacco for thirty dollars. I'm like, oh my gosh! I congratulations. Had for, I didn't realize that that's the number that I put on it the night before, oh, and so we no. read the news while we're sitting at breakfast that Zach Wilson's expected maybe four six weeks, and I'm like, oh, yeah. that's not so bad. And then it, and then the waiver wire comes through, and I'm like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> That's bad. It's like going to the bar, bro. That was a fantasy football example. <laughs> going to the bar, you're like, oh, we only had two drinks last night, and then you see a hundred and fifty dollar yeah. bill. Like, what the hell happened last yeah. night, man? Thirty yeah. on Flacco. Oh, that, that, that tells you you had a couple drinks. Super Bowl winning quarterback Joe Flacco. Right. Joe Flacco. Yeah. He's on your roster. Congratulations, man. Thanks. Yeah. Were, Thanks. Were you guys were you guys interested at all in Zach Wilson before, or I guess you could say after the injury? Now was that somebody you guys had on your radar as like potential back bounce back, or were you kind of fading Zach Wilson overall anyway? I mean, I was fading him. Um, I've I've been fading him since last year. Uh, yeah. I think the the hype for for Zach is just I mean for me uh, has gotten a little rich, you know. People talking, I I went back and forth uh, with people all off season about how I you know I was hearing Zach Wilson's going to be you know way better than Trevor Lawrence, and this offense is going to be a top five offense, and really putting a lot on the shoulders of a rookie quarterback that was the only quarterback worse than Trevor Lawrence last mm. year. So uh, no, uh, I, I'm not I'm not too high on 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 Zach. The offense is. It's got weapons, but I feel like it's still going to struggle this year. I'm fine with him. In in most um, dynasty leagues that we're in, they're super flex. That's kind of the standard offseason that we've seen. And Zach Wilson, to me, is still around QB 20, 18 to 20 in dynasty. Um, I would still take him over guys like Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Davis Mills, Baker. He's above those guys for me in dynasty. I still believe in the talent, but... Yeah, a little setback here. I, I'm still in on Zach Wilson long-term, but obviously in redraft or one-quarterback leagues, he'll go undrafted. Well, I know you got to say that to protect the value. Since you mentioned you had him on your team, Ooh, I know yes. you got to bump him up a little Oof. bit in case you guys are listening, yeah, right? That's right. You would take him over Tannehill? <laughs> in a dynasty? Really? Yeah, in a dynasty, I would. Ooh, I got to trade with you. See, right. I'm a Tann- Tannehill's one of those sneaky guys. Like, a lot of people are fading Tannehill because they lost A.J. Brown, but to me, I'm like, he's always – Low key, since he's been in Tennessee, he's been a top 12 option every year. He's probably right. only been two years, but he's been top 12 both years. Yeah. yeah. Low volume, high efficiency, man. That's that's all Tannehill does. He, he is, is 33. And, they, and the right. Titans have had a historically high um, like room for negative regression as far as QB. I mean, uh, red zone efficiency. They've been the best in the league over the last three years at red zone efficiency. If that takes a hit, it's going to hurt Tannehill as well. You don't have A.J. Brown. I'm not huge on rookies' immediate impact. You're not going to get Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase every year. I don't see one of those right. guys in this class. But an older Robert Woods, an older Derrick Henry, and an unproven Burks, I like the weapons that they've put around Zach Wilson. I really like that coaching staff. I think they start to, over the next year or two, put together something that's really fun to watch. Well, you mentioned young guys. You said something. You said, I don't see another Justin Jefferson. I don't see another Jamar Chase. 
But boy, have we seen a George Pickens for the first time <laughs> taking this week one training camp all offseason. That's all we've been seeing on Twitter, man. George Pickens has arrived. Second round pick. Y'all seen him looking at the TV all crazy on draft day. Yeah. Is this real or what? Like, because there's talks that like he's the most explosive player in camp. He's going to be the wide receiver one on the team. All kind of shit that's coming out. Bro, where are we at on George Pickens? I know I, I have my opinion on it, but I want to hear from you guys first because this seems like we mm-hmm. have the next elite wide receiver in the league based on Twitter. Oh, Give him a reality check, Dustin. Oh, I'll let goodness. you take this one. Oh, man. You know, uh, I, got, I, I, um, I had the pleasure of witnessing a heated debate that, that, uh, that Jay Henry here had, uh, had about Pickens and Deontay Johnson over the weekend. So, uh, <laughs> Well, not everybody did, including myself. Yeah, so what was I'm gonna, it? I'm going to have to pump the brakes because I believe it was you, Justin, who was saying George Pickens is already better than Deontay Johnson. That was Dan, not me. Okay, that was Dan. Okay, that was okay. Dan. Okay. All right. We can we – can take the we can take the the foot off the brakes a little bit more Good, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm <laughs> yeah. gonna pound the brakes even harder now um but th- we got we got to come back down to earth okay because the last time i checked uh mitch trubisky still still the one throwing the ball and george pickens has played one preseason game and had 43 yards it's it's not like we're talking like a like a Randy Moss <laughs> or a Terrell Owens sighting here. Like yeah he, yeah, he looks good. He's made some some good uh you know early camp highlights. But I, I could list off a litany of names of guys who have have seen six snaps in a season who went off in the preseason. Like it was a hell of a it was a hell of a team though. I can't even lie. It, it was, was good. It was good. <laughs> uh, but like at the end of the day, like it's either going to be Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett throwing it, throwing him the ball. I, I, I like the talent, you know, he was my, you know, if healthy, he was going to be my wide receiver too, um, in this class. So I, I like him, but at the same time, uh, rookies always take some time. You know, I'm not, I'm hopping off of the rookie bandwagon that is Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, George Pickens is good. Um, but he, I don't, quite have him there with those guys i think he's got a ways to go before he's producing consistent numbers for your fantasy team yeah, it I feels like crowded it, it feels crowded to me it's not george pickens fault um but deontay johnson's a great player i still think claypool has a lot of juice um pat fryermuth is nice Najee's gonna get 300 plus touches it's just that there's not a path for george pickens to be anything more than a top 35 type receiver. I would still take um, Alan Lazard for sure. Maybe Russell Gage, depending on the health of the Bucks receivers come week one. Um, it, yeah, it's just, Russell Gage? Yeah, it's, it, it, it's going <laughs> to be... I think Russell Gage has plenty of good weeks. I think he has the same chance most weeks with their current situations to put up 50 or 60 in a score that George Pickens has, uh, given how crowded that is. And one of them has Tom Brady and one of them has Trubisky. I can't get you. I can't get with the gauge stuff with Julio Godwin back. I can't get there with gauge. I feel like the gauge run who? ended the minute they signed. Yeah. Who exactly? I don't think signed... we see Godwin for, for six to eight weeks. I'm not, I'm not buying that hype either. Yeah. Not buying it, but they said week one, he should be ready. So we'll see. But That's what they say about Julio's hamstrings, though. Like, we'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm not buying Gage as somebody who's going to come in there and actually have a viable role. I think he's going to have weeks where he has okay games. But I get what your point is about Pickens because I'm kind of there with Pickens, too. Like, I feel like Pickens has a very, very high ceiling week to week. But his floor could be two catches for 20 yards, and that wouldn't surprise yeah. anybody, I think, any in right. any given week. So because there are a lot of mouths to feed, because the quarterback situation already is kind of sketch, and he's not going to be the only receiver going up against second uh, second team competition. He's going to be with the first stringers as another option. We didn't see Deontay or Claypool or Najee in preseason week one. So right. there's already, and he only had three catches for 42 yards or 45 yards in a score. So to me, I think we do need to pump the brakes on Pickens. He'll be phenomenal. He's going to be a better real-life player, I believe, than fantasy player. But I also yeah. think he might have that Martavis Bryant in him where he just goes for 800 yards and like six to eight scores. That wouldn't shock me. No, I could see that. I see that in a guy like you're wearing a Bengals hat. Would you prefer Tyler Boyd or George Pickens? Uh, give me the upside. I'll take see, <laughs> give me the upside. I, I'll take Boyd. <laughs> to me, upside is the only thing that has to happen 
for Tyler Boyd to be a top 20 to 24 receiver is either guy gets banged up. If Claypool gets hurt, I don't know still if Pickens with Trubisky as the third or fourth option on that team can give you 1,000 or 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. Whereas if, if, if T. Higgins went down tonight, where would you put Tyler Boyd? Is there some wood we can knock on? Is there? Can we? Yeah, you would we put him way up, right? <laughs> I don't want to talk. I don't like talking about injuries. But no, just, but just hypothetically, if he's the two in Cincinnati, behind either guy, he's hypothetically he's, Tyler, Boyd, Tyler Boyd to me is top thirty. Like he doesn't just automatically slide. Like when T Higgins got hurt last year, we didn't just mm. automatically slide Tyler Boyd into that top twenty, top twenty-five conversation. He was still a wide receiver three, flex play at best, even when T Higgins was out for three okay. games. Now, okay. if right. Claypool gets hurt. And George Pickens is the two for that team as the downfield threat. And yeah, I was talking a little bit about Deontay Johnson because I don't think he's going to have the year that he had. No, he. But won't. to right. me, he becomes George Pickens in a number two role if Deontay or Claypool goes out becomes very intriguing with a lot more upside than a Tyler Boyd. So if they're both on the board, you're going Pickens. Going Pickens. He's right. moved up Dustin, that far for me. I like that. Call your shot, man. He's Dustin, moved up where are you going far. with that? What, who's winning this vote uh, here? You're the sway vote. The, the sway vote. <laughs> the sway vote. Oh, man. Upside-wise, I'm with Travis. I, I'd have to go Tyler Boyd. Play it safe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you go for upside typically, but, I mean, I don't know if all things are equal. Do I think that Pickens is realistically going to be a top tw even 24 guy along with Deontay Johnson with Trubisky supporting it? I don't. I, I, I don't see it. Well, tough call, man. It's you know, it's it's easy to, to get excited about rookies though, like that, especially early in preseason yeah. too. Like he still, George Pickens still has to go and earn his role. Like no matter what That's he's right. done and accomplished over training camp, he still has to go out there and establish his role. But a lot of times, it's easy to get excited, and we've seen two rookie running backs really kind of come on the scene. The first I want to talk about is Damian Pierce, who carved up. He looked good, man. I, and I've been kind of on the Damian Pierce like hate train a little bit. Like, hey, slow your roll with him. Marlon okay. Max there, he's a good back. A lot of people really, really like Damian Pierce to slide in. I didn't like the draft capital. Kind of, he was a little slow for me, but he looked good. I, I can't deny it. Are you buying Damian Price and or Damian Pierce, excuse me, and, and his performance and potentially the rumors that are coming out that he should in the first month could take over the starting role? Or do you think he just had a good game and you want to see a little bit more? Yeah, Travis, you go, you go and take this one, man. Um, as somebody who's from Houston, I think uh -oh. I'm naturally pessimistic about the Texans. Uh, somehow I'm still optimistic about Mills and Cooks because they've shown that that connection's fine. But I just think they're going to be out of so many games so early that it's going to be such a rotation in the backfield between Mac, maybe Burkhead, Pierce. Yeah, it's it's. I feel like it could change at any point during the season, back and forth. So he's one of those guys that I kind of want to see it to believe it. Um, my, my philosophy on rookies in general is to watch the first four weeks and then go pluck the guys that you think that you still believe in that are just Art. off to slow starts. Um, I'm not going to draft a guy who's hyped up at the moment. I'll let Marlon Mack come out, start the first three games, and then as the Texans get to 0-6, 1-7, or whatever the case is, they, they, then you know the young guy's coming in. Go yes. get him before that run. Um, take Marlon Mack super late. Get three games out of him, and then trade him and bring in the new guys. So I'm not drafting guys that have current hype around them, but I know Dustin loves Pacheco. It's hard for me. I, I have no take Man. on Pacheco because I'm a Ronald Jones guy still. <laughs> so I'll let Dustin take Pacheco. Oh, goodness. Uh Ooh. You see what I've been dealing with, man? Like, I, I can't... <laughs> Two years of Ronald Jones. <laughs> so, like, let me tell you where this story's gone, man. Like, I've been all down on, on Ronald Jones. And then, like, I get this inkling in my head. I'm like, you know what? Maybe Ronald Jones could be a thing. And then they come out, Ronald Jones is going to be cut. I'm like, I yeah. knew it! I knew it! <laughs> it hurt my soul. <laughs> I've been right the whole time. But, no, I mean, so, if, yeah, the, the rookies, I'll stay on the rookies. I like Pierce. Uh, I think he's good. But um, moving moving on to, I mean, if we want to talk Pacheco, Pacheco's my guy now. Well, before, you know? we get, before we get to sure. him, obviously yeah. Pierce, like, you know, I think one thing that Travis mentioned is, like, it takes a while for them to go. So I really love that strategy. 
Because I don't think he's Arian Foster since you're from Houston. I don't think he's Arian Foster. He's not going to just come yeah. in and, and tear it up, you know, week one and just be dominant. But I do like that. We saw it with Michael Carter last year. We see it with most rookies. It takes a while for them to get a role. And you go and you draft them, they're going to be among your first cuts. It's a wasted draft, a wasted draft spot because now when you go into the draft and you take this rookie, essentially by week one or week two, if they haven't performed, you don't mm-hmm. typically have the luxury of keeping them on your bench yep. if they're ineffective. So I really like that point, Travis. But we can go on to the next rookie because you have to do the same thing for him. Isaiah Pacheco, right. <laughs> Dustin, are you drafting him? Or like, is this is this I'm all in, I'm drafting him status? Or are you just very, very careful eye right now and I'm potentially being the backup? I'm drafting him. Uh, I'm drafting him. Um, we've seen a lot from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, even when he wasn't, you know, if let's let's talk the, the closest thing to a, a dismissible narrative for for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, I've heard oh he had that gallbladder thing, he lost all this weight, you know, he was yeah. sick. Okay, let's say that's true. Um, what about the year before when he wasn't lighting the world on fire? He just gave us enough games in between being banged up to where we ha- thought maybe this guy isn't awful. You know, we just believed and drafted him in the second round the next year anyway. You know, I think this guy coming in, uh, we don't we haven't heard much about Jarek McKinnon, even if we had he's a 30 31 year old you know breather back i'm not worried about him taking a load from a guy <laughs> who's 216 pounds and runs a 4 3 40 like the isaiah pacheco it, i don't want to overthink it like i'm not going to draft him in like the you know eighth round but once we get to double digits anyway and you're talking now you can throw adp out the window mm-hmm. go for opportunity get the guy who could at the very least take a 50 50 split in a top five offense and who knows, maybe we see some more receiving work from that guy. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I've been trying to get there. I just can't. Travis, you on board with it too? Because I, I just can't get there with like some of the other rookies. You're looking at Isaiah Spiller, Rashad White, just guys that have a little bit more clear path. Are you you with your boy there? Are you taking him no. a little bit higher? You said no. I'm, you're not I drafting can't, I can't do it with rookies. Um, the, the issue yeah. with Clyde has been goal line. He's fine between the twenties. Um, does Pacheco get goal line, he or could. is he competing with Clyde in between the twenties, and then somebody else gets goal line? I just don't I mean, see who else would the, who else would he compete with? McKinnon, Clyde, Ronald, and McKinnon. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. give me the guy who's more versatile. You know, I mean, we've if, already if seen he gets Clyde a chance struggles. to go, if he gets a chance at goal line and starts converting it, he could he could win that role, but. Yeah. I've always been somebody I want all the touches in between the twenties. If the touchdowns come, that's just a bonus. So sure. I think they're confident with Clyde in that offense. Um every time he's been healthy, they have wanted to to establish him as as much of a three down back as possible. Now coming off of injury yeah. when McKinnon is already hot, sure. I, I'm not taking I'm not putting too much stock into that because you're obviously gonna roll with the guy who is on a three or four game tear, which McKinnon was on a great one. I think they want Clyde to still be that guy. He's still a first round pick for them. That wasn't that long ago. He's had some unlucky injuries. We'll see if, and again, if the path to Pacheco being um, a lot more valuable is just a small CH rolled ankle right. or something like one it's, it's, away. it's all it takes, but <laughs> I think with the hype, like I was saying about Pierce, the hype is driving the price tag too high for me. I will let CEH eat for two to three weeks, let the hype come back down, and then I'll go get him and and wait for that injury or something to happen. Yeah, I I like getting Pacheco off waivers. I don't know about drafting him over some of those other guys, 12th, 13th round. Where's he going right now? Is is he going in the 12th (laughs) or 13th? No, he's he's probably undrafted in most leagues. Which is crazy to me. This is crazy to me. He's going to be Arian Foster. (laughs) You can have him. Big words. Hey, we got to come back to that if it happens. If it doesn't happen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I won't come back to it. I'm going to pull the receipts. Pull the receipts. I've been saying in private. Aaron right. Foster, my first time now, it's live. Hey, now it's live. Now it has to go now out. Now everybody's live. good enough. Now it's live. <laughs> well, we've it's had some there. guys that, that have performed week one. There's a couple guys that were a little subpar week one. Uh, first, Traylon Burks, man. There was a lot, a lot of talk, obviously, this offseason about – his asthma, and then he looked good, and then he looked like right. trash, and he was playing with the second and third stringers, and then we saw it in action week one. He played into the fourth quarter, and it was all over Twitter. People love talking about it, and he instantly became a fade. 
Now, I'm not too concerned with this as a player. I feel like, you know, he's got a lot of time to grow, right? Real football, you don't really worry about this. He could come on in six weeks. He could have a lot of what happened with Jamar Chase last year, and people just faded him. Are you buying into this? Dustin, are you buying into Traylon Burks being part of that second unit and taking a lot longer than people thought? Um, I'm going to sell it to my, my league mates, knowing that there's a good chance that Robert Woods comes in and is the number one option on that team for the first six weeks of the season. And then once Traylon Burks gets his feet wet, um, and then people see flashes. I don't think Traylon Burks is going to get off to a hot start in the NFL. Um, but I do think that it's going to come to a point where he is the playmaker that they need. He's acclimated. He's learned how to use uh, his physicality, you know, against starters in the NFL. And then that's when you probably want to trade for him when, you know, he's a few weeks deep and he's only given people, you know, three, seven, you know, six points uh, a week and hasn't found the end zone yet. Um, yeah. I don't have their schedule in front of me, but um, wide receivers, rookies take some time. So, I'm I'm looking for the second half of the season that I think he's going to be valuable, especially with the role he'll have. So you're trying to you're trying to go get him second half of the year. You're thinking like, okay, he's going to be better second half of the year. He's a buy low guy. That's right on your radar. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I definitely am not drafting him um, over guys where he's going next to, like Christian Kirk, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Hopkins, Hunter Renfro, Ayuk. All those guys for me. Robert Woods. You know same team i'm still taking those guys over burks um all of them I, yeah all of them i their roles are so secure tyler lockett people are like i don't, I don't want any part of tyler lockett why not he's gonna have a thousand yards and eight touchdowns regardless of quarterback a thousand and eight regardless if it's gino i mean if whether it's gino or lock do you think they throw for 3500 yards vegas hasn't has either one Barely. over as a team they have them over 3500 so if you give D, if you just say DK and and lock it a thousand each, you've still got fifteen hundred yards for everybody else. So yeah, I think a thousand yards is is fifty seven yards a game. Tyler Lockett will wake up with that. He'll walk out of bed with fifty seven. And I don't and know. He don't got the arm score. they used to have out there. I know we're getting sidetracked, but they don't have He's the arm crap. out He's there. Crafty, That's a different man. arm out there. <laughs> I'll, I'll take Tyler Lockett over over Burks all day. I'll probably take him over Burks. And Burks, to me, is a year two guy. He seems like a year yeah. two guy in that offense. They're going to run it through Derrick Henry. The O-line isn't as good as it was. But like you said, they brought in Robert Woods to have that veteran presence. And I think this team knew that, like, they may not be as competitive as they've, they've been previously. So it's going to take some time for him to develop. I could see him potentially hitting for, like, the last five, six weeks of the year. But he's not somebody I'd be actively trading for because I just think that that team doesn't throw enough. Like, Tannehill's going to throw for 3,500 yards. And mm -hmm, right. I mean, there's not like there's a whole lot of a whole lot of hands to go around. So there's not like a, a huge competition for targets. But, um, you know, they have a couple of guys there that were performing last year. Brought in Austin Hooper. Like I said, Derrick Henry always has a role. So to me, he, I'm not really feeling Traylon Burks this year. I think he's more of a year two guy. It wouldn't be surprising to me if he has one of those big year two jumps. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Somebody else who uh, struggled a little bit this preseason and ha has been getting thrown to the gutter in mock drafts even. I've been mocking, and this guy's been super falling. Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson can't hold on to the ball, and now he's working in pass protection on punts. <laughs> what him. the hell are we making of this, man? Because he was a, I mean, he was a top 12 back last year, and, yeah, I think we all knew that there was going to be a little bit of a fall off, but nobody saw this coming. Travis, like – I don't think I don't I don't know for are we just being way too hard on him off of a week one type thing or is this a real problem for Antonio Gibson? I think it's a problem, but I also think we're still being too hard on him. A few months ago, he was a top ten dynasty running back, projected to be a top ten guy. I I still believe in the talent of Antonio Gibson. I don't know why Ron Rivera has such a problem. It's probably the fumbling. Um, maybe there's more to it. I don't know, but. Every time he's on the field, every time he gets the ball, he looks like a guy who deserves to be on the field the rest of the game. He's he's that good. And I think year three, if he gets in a, in a stride and is showing, you know, you can't take me out because of how much I'm balling and the team wins three or four in a row, I think we get to see 
Antonio Gibson become a huge value because now it's just ridiculous how cheap you're getting him in the seventh or eighth round on like on Yahoo. We're doing mocks and people are passing on him for, for names. They have no business passing on him for Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> yeah, not there yet. Maybe <laughs> by next one. week. RB1. It's, it's still hard to hit the draft button on Antonio Gibson, but as a running back three in the end of the seventh, eighth round, I'm still fine with it. I think the, the upside is, is still a top 12 to 15 guy. Well, it's crazy because they went to the draft. They got Brian Robinson. They re-signed J.D. McKissick. And then in in the offseason, they also talked about, oh, we have to lessen his workload to keep him healthy this year. Dustin, man, I've seen him go in the eighth round, which to me, like, as sometimes I go zero RB, that's cool as a running back, too. Yeah, Are you feeling the value there? Yeah, uh, seventh and eighth round. Yeah, I'm I'm smashing the the draft button there. Um, But I don't think, yeah, that's, to me, that's where he should be going. You know, I, I don't see the value. Um, I don't see the ceiling for him inherently anymore. There's no more of this CMC esque role. There's no more of the three down role. He is now either going to be their red zone guy, which I mean, I have questions there with Brian Robinson. Now is either between the twenties guy. I think so. You know, he's not their third down guy. So and now I'm kind of I'm kind of questioning where he is going to fall in in this hierarchy. It's probably closer to like a like a one capital A to a one lowercase a with Brian Robinson. Um, you know, it, it could just be enough to make him a flex guy. You know, and and that's that's probably the most likely outcome is that it, it relegates out uh, Gibson to a flex. Um, but I'm not taking him over guys like even like Elijah Mitchell, someone I have like trouble you know considering. Yeah. You know, he's he's right there. That's where I start to question, like, okay, Antonio Gibson, Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's the that gray area for starting quarterbacks or starting running backs. We see like there's like three or four of those guys: like Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Miles Sanders, Josh. Mm-hmm. That that kind of region is where I see Gibson, and it's tough because we know, like you said, Travis, he was he was a top twelve option last year. It's tough to just fade that completely when you know yeah. the potential is still there, but it almost seems like the writing's on the wall in this in this scenario. Yeah, it does. It uh, feels like that. Yeah. And the last player, I don't even like talking about this guy, but we have to because it's part of the NFL and it's part of what's going on. Deshaun Watson yeah. looked like shit, obviously, as you would expect for a guy who hasn't played football in a year and a half. Um, there's people out there, myself included, who think, okay, if he plays this year, which obviously right now we got to go with the information we have, six-game suspension. We know it could be a full year, but we're going to pretend like it's six, maybe 10 or 12. You have to draft him. Is this concerning at all to you? Are you like, he's just rusty and he'll figure it out? Or is this a guy that's been away from football for a year and a half, really struggling on the the football field and dealing with all the other stuff that's going to affect him? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's – I don't even know if I necessarily agree. Like, in a super flex, sure, draft him. But in a one quarterback, no. Uh, I'm not not drafting him. There's guys still like – Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, even in, in some drafts that are falling, you know, you know, Kirk Cousins doesn't get drafted in, in some drafts, which is just absolutely right. absurd to me. So no, I'm, I think even six weeks in a super flex league, you're really having to think, okay, who else can I get? Okay. You're talking, even if he's your, th- if, if you want to go your third quarterback, then sure. Who, who are you taking over him that like, let's say you go early with a, I don't know, Jalen Hurts, and then you decide to, to head your bets with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. That, I feel like that's a fairly common build. You know, right. where in that, where, where are you taking Deshaun Watson with the weapons he has in the division he has in the situation that he's coming into where he hasn't played in over a year? Are you going to play him over Aaron Rodgers consistently, even matchup based? You know, like those first couple weeks, you're talking, I'm going to give him two, three weeks to get back in the groove. That's nine weeks of your season now that you're you don't have the quarterback that you drafted. Plus so. the buy, exactly. Yeah. So like if if it's late, if it's like the last round of the draft, sure, I guess take a flyer if you if you, if you like that sign <laughs> that uh, kind of thing. Yeah, but I just it's, I'm not in on it. It's but it, I mean we have to, we have to account for the fact that he's a top five guy. No matter what, Deshaun Watson is a top five guy when he plays, at least from what we've seen. So either just saying, hey, we're just kind of dismissing that fact or he's going to be on somebody's roster come playoff time when everything counts the most, potentially playing for playoffs as a top five quarterback that you got in one of the last rounds. 
That doesn't concern you at all, Travis, because to me it feels like he's that maybe at 15 to 17 range is about where he should be going if it's six games. I'm not doing it. Um, two things that stuck out to me this past weekend in Ohio, um, our Uber driver from the hotel to the airport has had season tickets, I think, for over 10 years. And Cleveland as a whole, he says, is not rooting for Deshaun Watson this year. Understand that is his quarterback. I said, even when he's playing on the field, he said, yeah, we're going to sacrifice this year. Mm. We're not giving him support until the suspension's over. You've paid your, you know, you paid your penalty. We'll start fresh next year. But year one, he's not even going to get it from his own, his own fans. So he's not getting it from me. Um, Dustin has him in a super flex dynasty league. And I remember at breakfast him saying, I want to move him because I, I don't, want to root for him to do well this year and i want that league to be fun and it's not fun for me but that's not fantasy points fantasy points wise um i don't think there's enough weapons there to get excited about deshaun watson coming off of let's just call it six games everybody loves chubb i'm fine with chubb just because of the sheer volume and talent that that he has but amari cooper and David and Joku are not pushing the needle for me. They are not DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks. That he, Sean Watson had a nice trio, he did. and whatever was going on in Houston was really working for him. Like you said, a year and a half out of football, totally different weapons, totally different system. We don't know what to expect yet. So, given that he'll be out half the year, going back to what Dustin was saying, I would take Kirk Cousins. Um, Derek Carr, I'll take those guys all day over Deshaun Watson and what we don't know to be a real upside. Kind of yeah. got to see it, see that he's the same guy. And then you say, oh, well, I missed out. I'll get him next year when he's back. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you, like you said, you got to wait a couple weeks before he even gets back in the groove with things. We spent too much time on Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Yeah, there you go. All right. So this next section is called Facts Over Feelings. And I don't know if you guys brought any, but I got a couple stat lines. I want you to tell me if you believe in these stat lines or if you think that, you know, if we're just feeling a certain type of way. So one guy that, you know, you might see a little Niner hat behind me. You might see some Niner gear. I'm a Niner fan. Four for five. 90 yards, a touchdown for <laughs> Trey Lance. I'm all in coming. on Trey Lance. I'm all in on Trey Lance. I got a Trey Lance jersey. But is this one of those cases where he just got a big play and things worked out that way? Or are you impressed by what you saw? Facts, Trey Lance is going to be elite? Or am I just feeling a certain type of way? Travis, what you think, man? Man, this is uh, this is a changing point in my philosophy and belief about Trey Lance, and it's not because of the one drive, but the eye test tells me the potential is is very real. The weapons are very real. The coaching staff and system are notorious for producing uh, fantasy-relevant weapons. So, yes, it's fact. Trey Lance is, is going to be real. There will be some games where you say, what the hell was that? And he'll learn from that. I think it will be a bumpy road um, success on the field as a team at points this year, but with his legs and how much he's projected to run and that San Francisco has said we're totally fine with him taking off running anytime he wants. When you have that kind of green light, I think it makes up for a lot of what could be bad throws. And he's got weapons like Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, any of those guys can take it from a screen pass to the house. And I'm in. I'm in on Trey Lance yeah. as of tonight. Join the join the crew, baby. I, I'm not taking him. I'm not taking him with Kyler and Hertz, but I will take him for sure. Um, right after those guys, I think he is worth a seventh, eighth round pick for sure. Ooh. Dustin, you on the Trey Lance train too? Top eight, baby. Lock look, it in, man. Look, man. R E L A X. What? Relax. You've been in on him. Now we're switching. Look, I'm not saying he's gonna be top. Like eight or ten, okay. What I am gonna say though is that he'll be top five. I'm 100 percent in yeah, on the Trey Lance train. Oh, 
Yeah, are you kidding me? He's got the same coach who who brought us uh you know previous you know hits such as RG three. Are you kidding me? Yes, I'm one hundred percent in on Trey Lance. Like I swindled Travis in a deal months ago. You know, Ooh. traded him uh Zach Wilson and Jordan Love and a pick and Elijah Moore, and I got roasted because I got Trey Lance. I got roasted, yeah. and I'm here to tell you I won that trade. I won Facts. that trade. Facts, not feeling. Facts. It's a fact. It's a How fact. How are you feeling over there, Travis? With Zach Wilson, man. Let me pull up this trade real quick. <laughs> and, oh, it's oh Jordan good. Love? Jordan Love and Zach Wilson? Hey, you let your boy get you good, man. Um, yeah, the trade, the trade was Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, and a first for Trey Lance. Yes, Send Jordan Trey Love was day. in there, but he was a cut. Yeah. It could be. I still believe in Elijah Moore, and I still believe that a first-round pick returned me Christian McCaffrey in a deal. So it's, true. it's okay. It's true. It's true. Flipper, young yes. flipper. So I, can't I don't. I don't that. hang on to draft picks. I am absolutely allergic to rookies and draft picks. I like your style, <laughs> baby. Yeah. Win now. Just win spins now. it real fast. Spins it real right. fast. Last player before we get into a question here. Um, Rashad White. Didn't come in as early as expected. Very hyped rookie coming in. A lot of people are expecting him to take a lot of the, the passing game work away from Leonard Fournette and be a factor in this offense as the James White for Brady. But he didn't play until second, the second stringers came in. But he did have nine touches. Mm-hmm. Which one's fact? Which one's feeling? Are we, we think he's going to be a second stringer, have to earn his reps behind Gio Bernard, some of the other guys there for Tampa? Or is it the nine touches that you like, the good performance on – and just being able to touch the football, which one are we buying? Fact or fiction on the touches or on the position? Travis, what you thinking? Um, touches, no. Um, Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch came on Losing Sucks last week and said his beat his beat reporter in Tampa Bay says, do not expect to see anybody in that backfield other than Leonard Fournette touch the ball Ooh. 90% of the season. If Leonard Fournette is healthy, he will be in, which is kind of what we saw last year. Um, is he is he the clear two? I think so. Uh, he again the eye test. You watch just those plays from this week yeah. and say, yeah, he's got it. He's 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 nice. Yeah. All right, Dustin, you with him too? Yeah. You know what? I, I I've I've been on the Rashad White train uh, you, since you he was have. drafted. Um, Me I, too, I'm man. a big fan. I'm a big fan. I I. Do have to give it a, a little bit of a grain of salt, though. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be this, you know, 50 50 split back or whatever, the third down back. I think he's going to have to earn some reps. He's got to earn the trust from Tom Brady. He's going to have to be in some some battles um, and really earn that role, you know, because Gio Bernard, um, he'll he'll see some time. And I'm not saying we're going to see any Keyshawn Vaughn, but, you know, right. Leonard Fournette is the guy for Tom Brady. Like, plenty of weapons, you know, now in this offense, but. He, he doesn't have that true safety blanket. So Leonard Fournette's probably going to be that short check down guy. And that that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. We see a lot of rookies kind of get pushed down the depth chart so they can get more playing time in preseason, which is understandable. It is slightly concerning though. Cause I had Rashad white as kind of coming in and being that guy that if Leonard Fournette ever were to go down or there was something fumbling issues came up, drops came up, like he would instantly be the guy that comes in as the beneficiary and get an opportunity. I'm not sure I feel the same way now. It feels like this is going to be more of one of those Patriots committee type of things with Ooh. Leonard Fournette being the, the goal line back, touching the rock, like you said, 90% to 80% of the plays. And then the other guys are just filling their roles. Rashad White gets three or four catches one game, gets one or two the next game with two carries. Like I, I can see it being more of a mixed bag than an established role, which is what I was expecting since they took him in the third round. So a little, I, I was a little high on him, I think, and I'm, I'm starting to come down a little bit on Rashad White. But for Dynasty, I still, uh, I still like what I'm seeing. But all right, we have got one more segment here. This one is called Ask Ask Jahan, and I don't have too many. So if you ever want to ask a question, hop on Twitter, Ask Jahan. It's with the three instead of an E. I got to get this graphic updated, but that's what you get when you get a new show. You get some mistakes, and so ask Jay Hand <laughs> with know the three. All about that. <laughs> ask, oh man! So we'll talk about your guys' show in a second. But one of the questions that came in was about Cam Akers in Dynasty and Redraft. Right? He's one of those tough players to value. And the question came in from my guy Charlie Fryer. He asked, "I need some clarity on Cam Akers. Is he a buy, sell, or a hold for you in Dynasty? And where would you target him in Redraft?" 
So the first one, the first part, I'll make it kind of quick. What do you think? Is he a buy, sell, or a hold in Dynasty for you? Whoever wants to take it first, go right ahead. For me, he's a sell. Uh, I think he's a sell in Dynasty. Um, because right now, there's still the the thought that, you know, he, he came back and played. And if you can find someone in your league that has the hope that, you know what, he's back, he has a full off season. He looked good. I know one guy um, that selling believes to me. in him. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I'm 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 all on you know selling him for equivalent value. If you can get you know Cam Akers, honestly for me, I'm selling him. Like if I can get Cam Akers and like a little bit extra for you know br- you know sell him for Brees Hall, you know go go out and get someone you know comparable like that. Um, sure, go go and get Travis Etienne. You know trade trade him for Travis Man. Etienne. Um, but, uh, yeah, for me, he's a sell. So a sell, man, obviously Travis, you're buying, look like, you know, you pointing yourself. So you're buying cam makers, obviously. And you, you know, Dustin's saying sell you're, th- you're buying the bounce back though. Yeah, I am. I think cam makers has a, has a strong year. I kind of want to hear before I answer, I want to hear Dustin's redraft feeling on cam makers because we are the eight and nine oh, spot in our home man. league coming up next week inside info and in the third round is going to be decision time and if he passes on acres i will probably take him so i need to know dustin how do you feel on cam acres in the third round uh, of a redraft i can answer that for dustin <laughs> dustin's passing uh, on him you're gonna get cam makers on your team straight up yes sir oh man you know uh if 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 a guy like i don't know like Brees michael hall Pittman, michael Pittman's there if Brees hall's there I'm taking him. Yeah, okay, I, so I would I'm take safe. those guys. Yeah, you're you're gonna have Cam Akers. Congratulations. <laughs> I would love to know, um, in a redraft, what path does Brees Hall have with a banged up Jets offensive line mm-hmm. in that division with three strong defenses, right? Versus Cam Akers in the lead role in the what I think will be a top three scoring offense again mm-hmm. with a strong O line. Um, how, what what's the path to Brees Hall losing some pa- like I understand there's Henderson's there for the, some of the passing work yeah but Michael Carter is too so what what's the path for Brees Hall over Cam so Brees is just younger Brees is obviously well they're they're both young backs yeah. but when I look at Brees Hall it's like eventually he's they're gonna want to see what they have out of him second half of this year I think the Rams already know what they have out of Cam Akers they're gonna be playing for Super Bowl they need him to be fresh not banged up, not toting 30, 30 carries a game off of a torn ACL in order to for them to make a Super Bowl run. That's what they're playing for. The Jets are playing to see what they have. They got to figure out what they got in Garrett Wilson later in the year. They have to figure out what they have in Brees Hall and if he can take on a full workload mm-hmm. towards the end of the year because they know what they have in Michael Carter. So I think the difference would be they want to keep him fresh. They were talking about 50-50 split, and I know that scared you. If you like Cam Akers, that talk from McVay had to scare you a little bit, and they're both dealing with soft tissue damage. I think they just need to see Cam Akers healthy through the season, and redraft especially, that would be my difference on those two. You think he has 16 to 18 touches a game? Who? Brees Hall? Cam Akers. Cam, I, I think 15 over, is over under Over under 16 a game. Total yeah. touches, not carries. I think you're pushing the number, bro. I think it's right around 15, 16 total touches a game for okay. Cam Akers. I feel safe saying. Okay. Yeah. So over I think you're probably 15. around 20 with, with, with Brees towards the end of the year, especially like after second yeah. half of the year. I think you're going to see him climb closer to like 20, 25. Okay. Yeah. So I bet, again, that to me, not to spin it um, and just manipulate the, the answer, but three touches a game is not worth the difference in the two offenses and the scoring chances that. LA is going to have versus the Jets coming from behind, chasing Buffalo, chasing, I, chasing Miami, the chasing too, the yeah. Patriots. Yeah, in Dynasty, I'm okay with it. Dynasty, I'm okay with it. He doesn't believe in the talent, though, Justin. Oh, he he you don't believe in Brees Hall? He's slow. no, he he thinks he doesn't think oh. he's even as good as Royce Freeman. He's like, smooth, that's... but he's what? Slow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got it, man. Turn on that tape. Brees is different, bro. He's one of the he's one of those elite talent guys. Like I think we're gonna be talking about him yeah. potentially being one of those top ten backs here in the next two three years. So okay, I'm all sure. in on Brees Hall. He's gonna have to get faster for that to be the case. Oh my god, we see we see some slower backs <laughs> do all right in the NFL. That's true. That's true. All right. Oh my god. Well, guys, man. Losing sucks, but having you guys doesn't. Appreciate you guys coming on, man. Good one. Travis, Dustin, tell everybody where they can find you at, how to watch the show. 
yeah uh so you can go ahead and catch us on uh you know apple uh apple podcast you know spotify youtube we're uh the losing sucks fantasy football podcast you can follow us travis runs our losing sucks twitter account you can follow me at dustin bltn uh yeah we're we're always uh, around talking football talking fantasy um got a really good show over there really uh really good stuff and we're gonna uh, get jay is, henry on invite? our show yeah soon. where the invite at baby i'm coming, coming. Right. It's coming. That's After right. week one, we'll look at Acres versus Pre-Solid and get you on. I love it. You know I'll be down, too. I'm, hey, I'll have something for you in the bag. So Whether it's Trey Lance or Pre-Solid, we'll talk about one of the one of the hot takes from tonight. Whichever one's doing best, that's just what I'm going to talk about. Okay. Everyone's in my favor, I'm going to bring up. Like so. There you go. There you go. Well, that does it for this episode of Justin Henry Show. Make sure you guys subscribe, like, share the channel. We'll see you next time.